Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. And good morning, doggies and other animals. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. I extend a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us this morning. This is an unusual service, our animal blessing. We don't have it like this every Sunday. We come from a long heritage that is that teaches that there's a spark of the divine in every person. We also draw from an earth-based source that suggests there might be a spark of the divine in every four-legged and every rock and every tree. However you believe about where the spark of the divine is, let us greet it in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. The, the call to worship is from Jubilate Agno, written by Christopher Smart in the 18th century. This is a fragment of that in consideration of his cat, Jeffrey. When he takes his prey, he plays with it to give it a chance. For one mouse in seven escapes by his dallying. And when his day's work is done, his business more properly begins. For he keeps the Lord's watch in the night against the adversary. He counteracts the powers of darkness by his electrical skin and glaring eyes. He counteracts the devil who is death by brisking about the life. In his morning prayers, he loves the sun, and the sun loves him, for he is of the tribe of Tiger. In this room, we have many different beliefs. And yet, almost all of us call ourselves Unitary Universalists. I am not sure what you doggies believe, but I think it's usually something to do with love and food. And knowing who's in charge. So since we have um, Christians, Jews, Hindus, atheists, neo-pagans in root and practice, Unitary Universalists in uh, community. What holds us together? One of those things is our mission, and we wrote it on the wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. The meditation reading is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, 
over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls on you to, like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. This is a time of centering and meditation for everybody, including your dogs. So everybody who's near a dog right now, you know how dogs calm down? They yawn. And sometimes you can calm a dog down just by yawning right in its face. So let's everybody look at a dog if you can. And give it a big yawn for meditation. And how humans calm down is similar in that we take a very big deep breath or two or three. And so let's all take deep breaths together. Do you know how to do that? It's a breath that makes your belly go out like this. We call that happy baby belly breathing. Calms you down. You don't want to do this right before you run a race, for example, because you want to be a little geared up. But this calms you down. Can anybody feel it? And now we're just going to take a moment or two of silence. Silence is hard. It's not hard for dogs, but it's sometimes hard for us. So we take a moment of silence, and then I'll tell us when it's time to light candles. So if you want to learn how to talk to dogs, like the dog trainers do, you get trained by being put in a room with a, with a dog trainer, and you pretend to be a dog. Has anybody ever pretended to be a dog? Okay. So the dog trainer has something in mind that they want you to do. Like, they want you to go like this with your paw. But they don't have words to talk to you with. You don't have words to talk to them with. So how do they show you what they want you to do? They give you rewards for anything you do that's close to what they want. Like if you just moved your paw like this, they would go, good, good, and they would give you a treat. And so you do this again, and they go, good. And then if you do this, they go, yay, that's really good, and they give you a treat. And so you finally learn, I don't know why they want me to do this, but this is what gets me treats. Okay. Because dogs don't really shake hands in their world. They smell behinds. That's their way of shaking hands, but we don't want to do it that way. So we teach them to shake hands. And when dogs are feeling angry or protective, they bare their teeth. And they see us do it, and they don't know what's going on, because we go, hey! And they're thinking, their voice doesn't sound mad, but their teeth are showing. 
So they have to learn our language, and we have to learn their language as much as we can. And then we get along likewise with your cats. Now, most of us, our cats are at home today because cats are not as sociable in large groups, which include dogs. (laughs) They mostly just want to go, So if you want to give your cat a kiss, here's how cats kiss, I think. They look at you and they blink their eyes. They go. So if you find your cat looking at you, just go. And your cat will feel all cuddly and warm inside. So we don't speak each other's languages very much, but we try. And we love each other very, very much. And so um, we also kind of want the same things. We like to be padded nicely, and we like to be fed, and we like to have a nice place to sleep. We're the same in a lot of those ways. We want love. We don't like to feel threatened. We don't like to feel confused. So we know a lot about each other. And dogs and cats help us a lot, don't they? They help us, they give us somebody to talk to when nobody else understands. We can cry on them. Sometimes it makes them feel upset for us. But sometimes if we're upset, they understand and they come and sit next to us and put their head on our legs. Have you ever had an animal do that? Yeah? So, um, I had a greyhound dog one time. One of the things dogs always want to know is, when when am I getting fed again? And who's in charge? And so they're always looking to see who's in charge. I took a greyhound to a ceremony, not a ceremony, but it was a teaching weekend called Startup Weekend for a new church minister. And the people were all standing around in a circle, and she was looking around the circle to see who was in charge. And she finally went in the middle of the circle, and she turned to this older man, and she bowed. You know, we learned to bow from dogs. She bowed like this to that man. He wasn't the president of the congregation. He wasn't the minister, but he was one of the founders of the congregation. And whatever he said went. And she just learned that by watching and pointed him out by bowing. So you can learn a lot from dogs. So this Sunday, we're blessing our animals. We bless them because they bless us pretty often. A lot of times we've fallen asleep with our cats purring right next to us. It's a very nice sound. And sometimes they sleep on our chest, and sometimes some cats like to sleep on your head. And some cats like to curl up right beside you in bed. You've been sleeping for a while, and suddenly you you feel like this on your knees. Your cat has come, and I'm sorry I'm upsetting some of the dogs by talking about C-A-T-S. And they forgive us a lot, because sometimes they bring out the worst in us, like when they poop behind the couch, or they bring in dead mice. Or birds. My cats are bad. One of them is bad to hunt birds. But they don't care what our status in life is. 
They don't care how much money we have. They just love us. Now, in ancient Egypt, was a country long ago, they worshipped cats and dogs. And they had laws that it was um, illegal to hurt a dog in ancient Egypt. We have some of those laws here, too. We also um, depend on animals a lot. We depend on them. A lot of us depend on them for food. And a lot of us depend on them for medical research. And we don't like facing the cruelty of that. But right now we're talking about our pets and not animals who, are, who help us in other ways. But that's a whole other sermon about their rights and how we should treat them with respect. People live longer when they're taking care of an animal. And they have lower blood pressure. Y'all don't know about that yet, you kids, but blood pressure is a big thing for grown-ups. And we like animals who help it be nice and low and help us be calm. A lot of times people use animals to help in their therapy because it makes you feel better. And even in most ordinary families where the dogs aren't and cats aren't really therapy dogs and cats, they still make us feel good. And they help us just have a grounded somebody who loves us no matter what. There was an anthropologist who decided instead of studying an ancient culture far away or a current culture far away, she was going to study the culture of dogs. And she wrote a book called The Social Lives of Dogs using her anthropology training. She followed dogs all over her neighborhood and found out everything they do and everything that's important to them. Her husband had a dog that he called the keeper of his soul. And one day she idly asked him whether he could let go of her or the dog more easily. He was quiet for a moment and then he said, please don't ask me that. There is an article that I read in a yoga journal called How to Be a Good Companion, and here's how to be a good companion. And this is what we want to do for our animals and our friends and our family members. You share their concerns. You help them with their work. You want to make their life more pleasant. You have to know what they want and what's important to them. And you have to become trustworthy. So you have to give them their food and their water and you have to give them their walks and you have to take the dead mice out and understand that they're really showing you they love you by bringing mice into the house. So it's hard to go, no, no, thank you, thank you, but no, no. When you're being a good friend, sometimes you have a bad mood. But... Even if you're in a bad mood, you have a choice about how you're going to act. So if you're in a bad mood and you're trying to be a good friend, you don't give in to your bad mood with your behavior. You still act nice to your pet even though you're in a bad mood, even though they'll forgive you if you don't. So it's time for us to have our animal blessing. There is a lot of theology in animal blessing, and I'm going to talk to the dogs about the theology here for a minute. We bless you here in the springtime instead of in October when a lot of Christian churches have 
animal blessing because they do it on St. Francis's birthday. But we are more earth-oriented than saint-oriented in our church. And so we have it in the springtime. We believe that every single member of our church is a priest and a priestess. That's what we believe. And so you don't bring your animal up front for the priest to bless them necessarily. Um, You become a channel for the divine blessing through your own hands and your own heart. And so we bless our own animals and each other's animals if that is something the other animal wants you to do. Are you with me? Okay. We can ask God to bless our animals or... We can just bless our animals by by channeling the divine through our own selves as we understand that. And the way we bless is by wishing good things for our animals and by promising them that we will love them to the best of our capacity and that we will learn from them and respect them. So, right now we're going to have a little moment of quiet so that we can remember the animals that we have loved in the past who are gone. And we are going to call those beloved animal companions' names out into the air. So now is the time to call out the name of somebody that you have loved who has been in your family but is gone now. And now, if you will... You put your hands on your animal, if they're there, or on the picture of your animal. And you can draw a picture of your animal if you want. And you say, I bless you. Thank you for depending on me. Thank you for letting me depend on you. Thank you for your companionship, your love. You have a safe, warm place in my heart. And if you leave this life before I do, I will carry your memory with me. You have opened my heart. You are a blessing to me. May it be so. This is a reading from Gary Kowalski called We Give Thanks for the Animals. We give thanks for the animals who live close to nature, who remind us of the sanctities of birth and death, who do not trouble their lives with foreboding or grief, who let go each moment as it passes and accept each new one as it comes with serenity and grace. Enable us to walk in beauty as they do at one with the turning seasons, welcoming the sunrise and at peace with sunset. And as we hallow the memory of good friends now departed, who loved abundantly and in their time were loved, who freely gave us their affection and loyalty, let us not be anxious for tomorrow but ask only that kindness and gratitude fill our hearts day by day into the passing years. And I will leave you with one thought from my dear friend who is a vet. She said, 
Treat your body like you treat your favorite animal. Will you please say with me the words by which we extinguish the chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Remember the way of the wind and breeze and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.